up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Thursday, June 11th. Here's what you missed while you were busy doing you. Okay, it took all of like one day for me to get back on dumping on Trump. I mean, I don't get it. It really is true what General Mattis said. This president doesn't seek to unify any of the people, but instead, he loves to split us up. I mean, first, yesterday, he announced that his next campaign rally is going to take place on June 19th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In the middle of all the shit that's going on right now, you want to stage your return to campaign rallies, which in and of itself is still pretty questionable during these times, but then to do it on Juneteenth in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, so if you're not aware, Juneteenth or the 19th, 19th of June is the celebration of the ending of slavery in the U.S. And as for choosing Tulsa, well, quote, Tulsa has its own troubling history on race. Its once thriving African-American business community was decimated in 1921 when a racist white mob killed hundreds of black residents. Black residents attempted to rebuild the decades that followed only to see their work erased during urban renewal of the 60s, end quote. So that's where it started. And here's where it continues. Because if you didn't notice, there are still a lot of old monuments to slavery, the antebellum South, and pre-Civil War heroes around. And there's been a lot of push over the last few years to remove these, and it's definitely gotten louder over the past couple of weeks. Now, NASCAR, for instance, has banned the Confederate slash rebel flag from being flown at events because, hey, it's 2020 and they've finally realized the South lost. Confederate statues are coming down all over and, quote, the Pentagon also said it was open to a bipartisan discussion on renaming the numerous U.S. Army bases that honor Confederate figures, Fort Bragg, Fort Hood, and Fort Benning. But Trump intervened. And he said he will not even consider it. That's when the Lincoln Project called him out. Quote, no American should celebrate traitorous generals whose actions resulted in the deaths of 620,000 plus Americans, the Lincoln Project wrote. For all intents and purposes, Donald Trump today became the Confederacy's second president. Diace! Last month, the Lincoln Project released a video that described the Confederate flag as the flag of treason and noted that it keeps showing up at Trump and white supremacist events. Quote, what does it say when they're all in for Trump? Well, I think we're getting our answers right from the horse's mouth. And of course, as I'm writing this, he's holding an event and press conference calling for more police force, stronger measures. He, he just doesn't get it. Now a bit of downer news. The U.S. stocks ended sharply lower this week, erasing gains as more worries return about the vid. Because, hey, we're all rearing to rush back, but it turns out cases are going up. Quote, U.S. coronavirus cases have topped 2 million with the death toll climbing past 111,000, according to data compiled by Johns Hopkins University. States from Florida to California to Arizona to Texas are seeing spikes in coronavirus cases 
prices after having lifted restrictions put in place to limit the spread. Adding to investors' worries, top officials increasingly believe the economy's recovery from the pandemic-fueled recession will be slow and uneven. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell warned Wednesday that the labor market could take years to recover from the pandemic and that millions of Americans might be unable to return to their old jobs or industries. His message underscored to investors that we're in this for the long haul. And honestly, I'm kind of like, well, duh. I understand that the market is made up of future prospects and well-wishers, but it doesn't seem to make sense to me that indexes are like higher or equal now to like what they were back in February. Like, how could we possibly think that the future looks even better now? with still so many millions unemployed and no guarantees of return to normalcy. I don't know. My my mood switches daily on this, apparently. I mean, I'm still positive overall, but we're going to need some more involvement from the federal government here injected into the economy. It, It has not disappeared to ashes, Mr. President. It's still here, and we need to meet the needs of the people. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin did hint at a possible second wave of stimulus payments, but that seems to be a long shot as Trumpito is still not interested. And, you know, I'm I'm also in the market for the long haul and I'm still there. I, I've got good faith here. And no, I'm not a financial advisor, so play with money at your own risk. Okay, bye. But just be safe. In a new entry to my Cogete Eso segment, two men from Texas got caught and have admitted to making close to a billion robocalls in just the first couple months of 2019 alone. This story is from TechCrunch. Quote, John Spiller and Jacob Mears not only ignored the National Do Not Call Registry, but targeted it specifically as it was more profitable to target these consumers. Numbers were spoofed, making further mischief as angry people called back to find bewildered strangers on the other end of the line. Now, the pair have been slapped with a $225 million proposed fine the largest in FCC history. There's also a lawsuit which involves multiple states and varying statutory damages per offense, and even a conservative estimate of the amounts could exceed that number, end quote. Of course, it's up to the DOJ to actually enforce these fines and get that money, and right now it doesn't look like they care at all. And it's not like these guys actually have $225 million. Plus, for every robocall scammer removed from the lines, a dozen more probably likely popped up to fill in. But it should at least shut this operation down and bankrupt these fools. So all together now, cogete eso. Real quick, because this is like 90% Apple podcast, Apple issued a press release today where they finally took the covers off their WWDC conference taking place in less than two weeks. There's going to be over 100 engineering video sessions available on demand, some new forums just for the developer community, and one-on-one labs that can be available by appointment. Quote, Offering one-on-one technical guidance and in-depth details on how to implement new features. Developer Labs will be open to Apple Developer Program members as space is available. Things will kick off with the keynote on June 22nd, which will happen at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. That'll be streamed on Apple.com, the Apple Developer app, the Developer website, the Apple TV app, and for the second time, YouTube. I'll see you there.
Do you like movies? How about watching them together with friends? Well, we did speak last week about updates to Hulu and Plex that let you watch those movies or shows with friends. But what if you wanted to step that experience up? Well, there's an app that launched this week with over $10 million in funding, and it's called What If I? Like, what if I? See, you get to invite up to nine of your friends to watch completely new stories. And what makes this more compelling than the Hulu complex offers well these stories are like choose your own adventures did you watch bandersnatch on netflix last year or maybe the steven soderbergh hbo show mosaic well then you get what i'm talking about but these stories have way more options so for now they're launching just two films but there's over 80 possible endings between the titles so that'll keep you busy for a while there's a chat room that's built into the app so that you can decide as a group how the story unfolds and it has to be a unanimous decision so make sure you choose friends that you agree with when watching or that you can easily convince for now it's free but in the future they plan to add more features that you can unlock with in-app purchases there's some pretty big names involved in here too netflix cfo david wells supercell ceo ika panen paypal co-founder max levgen and zynga founder mark pincus the founder Janice Yus was doing interactive plays in Estonia for the past 10 years, so he's very used to this brand of storytelling. According to Hollywood Reporter, quote, the company is also opening a development and production arm and will commission filmmakers to make projects for the app. One way it will solicit new content is through a script contest in which screenwriter winners will receive $35,000 and writer-director winners will receive $200,000 to cover production. Though What If I's budgets are small juice and maybaum say they don't need a lot of money to tell good stories especially since big action sequences and special effects are less effective on mobile phones end quote so yeah that, that makes sense people are looking for a connection now more than ever so this is probably the best time to make it happen check out what if i in the show notes below Well, my beautiful people, those are my top five news stories of the day. Yeah, not not much more to add in here. I did see a trailer for a Hulu show called Crossing Swords that looks pretty funny. I'll probably check that out this weekend. Lay low. Maybe finally finish defending Jacob. Anyways, it's the last show of the week. I'm sure nothing interesting will happen tomorrow. So just enjoy your weekends and I'll catch you guys up on Monday. Heal quickly, Ugo. As always, remember to stay focused, proud, and dedicated. Dodge the rest. Catch up with Quest. I got you with the news.